Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting your weekend off with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru. Over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or in Brupolo over in Tupelo. And if you don't live in those two great cities, well, it doesn't matter where you live, what great city you live in. Because we can always have Strange Brew Coffee House delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order whatever it is you're looking for, including the ultra-popular K-Cups. No matter what kind of coffee machine you've got sitting on your counter, you can be brewing delicious Strange Brew Coffee every morning. New year, new gear. And even though we're getting near the end of January, it's still a new year. You still have to get some new stuff from College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, be it for yourself, for your house, for your car, for your tailgate, whatever it is, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Tacos, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, and they are always offering new and exciting stuff. Great specials every day of the week. And the best Mexican food in the city of Starville. Different than anything you've ever had before. It's not your typical Mexican. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to be surprised, and you're going to be delighted every time you go there. Head over next head over next time you're in Starkville, that's the place to go. Grab a margarita, grab some chips and salsa, and grab some delicious food at Humble Taco. When you're looking for a great lunch and you want to get it quickly, make it Firehouse Subs. It's always quick service there, but man, when you go and use the Firehouse Subs app, it just doesn't get any easier. You're talking about walking in the door and picking up your sandwich and walking out. And with the Firehouse Subs app, you are piling up the reward points faster than just about any other app out there. Locations in Starkville. Columbus, Tupelo, Flowood, Madison, and Oxford. Firehouse Subs. Go hit them up for lunch today. Tell them, tell them Brian sent you, but only here in Starkville because they don't know where I am anywhere else. Robbie Falk. Hey. United and it feels so good. Robbie's in studio. I kept him away the past few days. I kept him on Zoom. We have not been in the studio together in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. I'm shocked I didn't get COVID from you, by the way. Well, you know. That is shocking. We have almost six feet of distance here between us. But we, I think we went and ate lunch one day. We did. Uh, you literally spit on me. You, you. I mean, hocked a loogie and spit I, on my face. That's true. Don't, don't. Okay, that's maybe disgusting. not. Don't maybe not that. that. But don't say that. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I, I'm kind of shocked I didn't get it. Well, you didn't, and I'm glad you didn't. And I did get a little cold after that, but I tested negative. There you go. So I, I was, I felt it coming. You know. Throughout this entire pandemic, there's been times where I felt a little mm-hmm. tickle in my throat, something in my nose, and I'm like, "Well, this is the time I die." Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a dead man. It's been nice knowing you. Hopefully, hopefully, the, my child survives and my wife and uh, my insurance policy comes through. Yes, but none of those things have happened. You're, you're still here. That's right. But it's good to see it's, you in person. It's good to be back, back in, uh, back in the studio here with you. Lots to talk about here on a Friday. Uh, well, could is you it Friday? Well, it's oh. Friday for our show, yeah. 
Uh, we'll talk about uh, MSU women's basketball. Nearly an epic comeback <clears throat> at the hump uh, Thursday night. Just just a little bit short there. A lot of football news in the second half of the show, too. But we will start with some preview of uh, him. I'm not going to say must win because that's just silly. You're playing a, a terrible Ole Miss team. But for all intents and purposes, if you ever want to have people coming back to the hump, you need to win this game, and you probably need to win it pretty convincingly. People yeah. are tired. People are broken. They're not willing to go much further with this basketball team. They need to be impressive on Saturday against an Ole Miss team that has only been impressive one time this season, but it was against Mississippi State. Robbie, this, this series has historically been Ole Miss wins first, State wins second. And what's always sort of interesting is State usually wins the second game easily. Yeah, I remember back, was it two, two seasons ago, the COVID year, where State lost by 40, I think, in Oxford, and then won by 25 or 30 here in Starkville. I mean, it was just a really weird... Well, last year was the COVID year. Well, well I mean the year that got the year canceled bef- by COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was insane the difference between yeah. the first and the second game. Yeah. Like, they, they were, it, it was like very similar scores. Brian Tyree went for like 40 points up in Oxford, yeah. and he couldn't do anything here in Starkville. It was just weird. And the scores were like almost the same, yeah. but on the opposite end. Yeah. This game could be sort of similar to that, and then I think State could go out and completely dominate Ole Miss. They need to. It really feels like this is going to be a huge game for like Tolu Smith. Yeah. You know, he didn't play didn't in that play ball it. game. I feel like this is game three with him back in the lineup, and he should be in, in relatively good shape at this point. He was really locked in in the second half the other night, and this should be a game that Tolu dominates. And and hopefully Garrison Brooks, because now you get like half price off of something at Little Dewey whenever he gets a double-double. So maybe he'll start getting racking up some double-doubles here, and uh, we can all go to enjoy – um, some half price little Dewey or whatever uh, the deal was on that. But, you know, this is a game that State needs to come out and dominate, not just win. They need to dominate Ole Miss. Ole Miss is not a good team. They're not a good team at not all. At all. There's, there, they they weren't a good team when State played them. This isn't us as Mississippi State people trying to make fun of Ole Miss. Objectively, they're a bad basketball They're a bad team. So, uh, you know, Mississippi State should come out in this game and, and dominate. And if if they don't, then it's, it's quite concerning. Um, and, and the players, Ben Hallen, everybody should be motivated to put this last game behind them. And I hate to harp on this game, on that Florida game, just because I think you and I both were probably leaning towards Mississippi State losing that game mm-hmm. going in. The way it's they just, lost. It's just the way that they lost is disappointing. I, I don't want to make that game seem like it was, you know, must win or – you know, State lost the game, the season's over and all that stuff. But it's just the way that they lost. It's just a continuation of of the same thing happening over and over again for Mississippi State basketball. And now you're, you're kind of in the spot where, you know, like if you win against Ole Miss on Saturday, is there a lot of excitement still? I mean, you got Kentucky on the road, Texas Tech on the road coming up. I mean, the, the schedule is just – for those of you who don't Brutal. know, you know, I understand everybody knows what Kentucky is, but Texas Tech is nationally ranked. Uh, they have beaten some good teams this year, including Baylor, I believe. I think they beat yes. Baylor a couple weeks ago. They knew was the number one team in the nation at the time. You and they the, lost. I think they lost the the next game. They they they, they won back to back games against they lost to Kansas State, didn't they? Then they lost to Kansas State, but they bounced back and beat Iowa State, who's nationally ranked. Yeah, this is a good Texas. That State was kind game. of an anomaly. The loss yeah. to Kansas State. I mean, this team's really good. You mentioned Ole Miss. They're nine and eight on the year. 
they are five of their nine wins are quad four wins. I mean, they they have just not been good. They have three quad two wins. Guess what? One of those is yeah. It's Mississippi State. Uh, they're one thirty three in the net rankings. Mm. So and uh, and and dropping like a rock. Right. So I mean, that, that's a quad. What what loss is that for Mississippi State? It's a quad, quad three. Two, it's a quad three loss for Mississippi State. But the possibility exists for it to drop further because Ole Miss isn't going to be beating a lot of teams this year. I mean, but thank God, right now that was on the road. <clears throat> exactly. If that had been at home, yeah, it would have been much, much worse for Mississippi State. State on the year, right now, it's 52 in the, in the net rankings. They dropped from 47. 52 is not a good spot. No. You're probably out at 52 when you consider the amount of automatic qualifiers below 52 that are going to get in. Um, State is 1-2 and two in quad one games. The only one they have is that one over Alabama. They're 1-1 one one quad two. I'm sorry, 1-2 one one, one quad one, 1-1 one one quad two. Then should be 2-1. and one. Should I be 2-1. Mean, and they're t- well, uh, yeah, and they they're ten and two against quad three and four on the year. Two and one right now looks really good on paper on your resume. If well, you're if you're you two and probably, one right now, you were forty seven. <clears throat> Florida is is up to forty. That's probably where you'd be. You're, yeah. And then you're comfortable at forty. You're comfortably in. Yeah, the winner of that game was going to was going get, to get whatever in. spot. So. so I mean, that was just such an important game for Mississippi State, and the reason that is is kind of disheartening at this point is. You know there there are there are some opportunities ahead, but you have no faith that Mississippi State's going to win those games. Right. I have no faith that Mississippi State's going to go to Arkansas, Kentucky, um, LSU, Alabama, and win those games. Right. I have no faith in that. I have no faith that Mississippi State's going to beat Auburn at home. Um, you know, there's there's those games are games that I would predict Mississippi State to lose. Um, but if you beat Florida and then you win all these other games that you're supposed to win, like two games against South Carolina, uh, a game against Ole Miss, two games against Missouri, you win all those games and you're talking about a, a totally different story and you have that win up for Florida as well. You don't have to go on the road and beat an Arkansas or Kentucky. But now you have to win games like that at places that you haven't been very good. I know they've been good at Arkansas. Of late, but you know, right now that that's a team that's playing really well, and over time, over the years, that's been a very difficult place for anybody to play. So I'm not picking Mississippi State to win those games, and that's why you're you're kind of down on where this team is moving forward. So you hit on something a second ago that I agree with that this is a game, this game against Ole Miss, that Tolu Smith needs to show up for Mississippi State, uh, and like you said, he didn't play in the first game, and that's a you know when you lose by ten and a guy who's going to score. 12, 14, 15 points a game is not playing, you can sort of point to that. And he's a guy who could help control the middle and keep, you know, can, can, can rebound and, and you know, not give up second-chance points and things like that. He needs to have a big game today. We've talked about it earlier this week. When Molinar is playing well, he does still need that complimentary guy. What we found out on Wednesday is that when Molinar is not playing well, State needs a lot, and they didn't really get it. I mean, Shaquille Moore had a decent night scoring, but Tolu, you know, only scored in the second half. Garrison Brooks... Which, by the way, Hallen did it again, by the way. A few years ago, you remember when I think they were playing... Uh, Ole Miss. Was it Ole Miss? about yeah. Robert Woodard? Robert Woodard. Yep. And he played so well in the first half and then didn't play it all in the second half. And Hallen's like, I just got to get him into the game. I'm like, you are the head coach. He did it again on Wednesday when he talks about Garrison Brooks only having three shots. He's like, he's got to take more shots of that. You're the head coach. Yeah. Call a play get... for him. Uh, I mean... And, and it drives me crazy. And I think you mentioned something about Rocket Watts too, yeah. needing more minutes or something. You're the head coach. 
Uh, it's something that, you know, whenever, and Mullen used to be really bad about it too, he would say this. And I'm like, you are the head football coach. You are the head basketball coach. You make these decisions. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating late in the game. That was very frustrating. Robert Woodard was having such a great game against yeah, Ole Miss. And they didn't play. And, it, and then they brought him in post game after they lost yes. the game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, that this has happened. That's happened so many times. It's, 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 I, it's just crazy. But but that's that's also on the assistant coaches. What are they doing? They got to say they, something. They yeah. got to say something about but that. Brooks, you got to get more than six points in the game out of him. And then DJ Jeffries, I thought played his worst game against Florida. I mean, he just he's not playing turn. well. He's not playing well on the offensive side at all. I feel like he's trying to do too much. I feel like he hasn't figured out what his role is, and he's trying to take on too much. And I mean, he's just he, he's giving you bad turnovers. He's, he's, he's there's possessions where he gets the ball and he's just it's just not giving it back. Yeah, you know, they, they got to figure that out. Yeah, they had one possession where he he got a rebound or steal or something, and just drove down the court and was wild the whole time, and then put up some crazy layup that didn't even um, hit the hit the rim. I mean that 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 kind of stuff is just empty possessions. The state had like two or three straight possessions at one point last night where they just it, it was right after. Florida started going on a run, and it just it just was awful what they were doing in the half court. And we talked about it a little bit the other night. State has got to be super efficient on the offensive end when they're not defending three-point shots very well. They've got to score a high percentage of times on in those half-court sets because they're not they, – they don't shoot the ball well from three – and they're giving up a lot of open looks from three on the other end. And they had six more makes from Florida than Mississippi State did from three-point range. Um, so when you're doing that, you cannot have empty possessions. You can't have possessions where Iverson Molinar and players are dribbling it around until the shot clock runs out and things like that. So uh, right now they're, just, they're not playing well enough to be consistently good. So let's look at this game then. Let's talk about who we think you know how we think it's going to play out. Who, who are your who's your playmaker for this one? I'm sticking with Tolu. Tolu. Yeah, I'm, I really think that this is a this is a game that he should dominate. State did not it, they got outworked in that game last time at Ole Miss. Um, that was a game that they should have dominated on the boards even without Tolu Smith, and they they didn't. Um, so I, I really think that in this game, Tolu Smith. And even Garrison Brooks, they should assert themselves in the post, and they should have, you know, some of their best games of the year. Um, so I, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens in this game. But if State doesn't come out focused and locked in and and playing harder than Ole Miss, that's going to be very disappointing. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the effort one hundred percent needs to be there, which is sort of interesting. And then I don't know that the effort wasn't there. Uh, against Ole Miss uh, a couple weeks ago. It was just that Ole Miss was playing out of their minds and State couldn't stop them. And that's, well, I, th- that's, I thought that, I that they there, – there were a few things that it, that were kind of lackadaisical. And mm-hmm. I, I think State I – th- I think Ole Miss outworked them. I, r- I really did, especially yeah. in the first well, I, I Like I said, I don't think it's that State didn't play hard. I think it's that Ole Miss played harder, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, for me in this game, I'm going to go with Molinar. I mean, he, he had such a great week last week. He's got to. He, he's he's the spark plug for this team. He has to play well. If he doesn't play well, I don't think the rest of the team can can come up. Him coming up, him playing well, he's sort of like the, What did they say? A rising tide lifts all ships. Yep. He's the tide. And Tolu Smith, Garrison Brooks, 
Shaquille Moore, and so on, are uh, the uh, sort of looking for. They're the ships. the ships. One other thing I want to point out, and my cousins, I give credit to my cousin Stephen Augustinelli. You know, with with state starting lineup, you have Moore and Molinar. You have Tolu Smith and and Brooks. All those guys are scorers, right? They all want to put the ball in the basket. And then you have Jeffries, who's sort of the same thing. Does it make sense maybe to go to Cam Matthews in the starting lineup and bring Jeffries off the the bench for a little offense? That way with Cam Matthews, you have a guy who's he knows his role is rebounding in defense and a little less scoring. Would that make more sense long term? Yeah, probably so. And it also, you know, takes a little pressure off of DJ too. Mm-hmm. You know, let him come off the bench. Let him let him kind of see how the game's playing out from the bench and see what he needs to do. And maybe he's not thinking that he has to force so many shots and force so many plays on the offensive end like he is. I wonder if I wonder if that might be something that Island would look at. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. All right, prediction time then. Who, what do you got? I, I think State's going to win this game, and they should win it comfortably. I think the depth should take its hold in, in the second half. I mean, Ole Miss has a couple of players out. I don't, I don't know how big of a difference Austin Crowley would be making um, if he was in the game, but you know, obviously Jarkel Joyner is a big loss for them. But State's the better team. Ole Are Miss. You, wait a minute, you're telling me that Ole Miss's best player might not be playing? Yes. Rebels by 20. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if history tells us anything, the second game is going to be uh, a big win for Mississippi State. So it would be bucking the trend of even, you know, Ben Hallen's history at Mississippi State. So I, th- I think State wins this ball game by, you know, 15, 15 points or more. And if they don't, that's. That's unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, this this is not a good Ole Miss team. You have the advantages at, at most of the positions at this point, and uh, they're playing. They're not playing good basketball right now. Mississippi State should come out and take control of this ball game and win big. State sitting at fifty two in the net. A loss would probably put them down to fifty eight, fifty nine, and then you're an underdog in six of your next seven games. I mean, that that you're looking at. You you really are with a loss. You'd go to twelve and six. You would be looking at being thirteen and twelve, yeah. At the end of that stretch, I mean that's, you're. I mean that's you're done at that point. You're 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 not even on the NIT bubble probably at that point. Yeah. So I think State gets the win. Uh, it just it's just, I think next year when we do this, I'm not going to really care what the records are. I'm going to pick, predict State to lose the first game. Yes. And then especially if it's in Oxford, and then next second game I'll predict State to win. I'm going to go with that here. I do agree that I think State should win pretty easily. But we all know what that means. So we'll see what happens. I have I have no confidence in anything one way or another. <laughs> None. I can't and I don't see how you could. I just I really don't. We right. we have enough of a track record over seven <clears throat> years. Yeah. To know. To know what's know what can happen. Yeah. Let's talk women's basketball before we go to the break. You were at the hump tonight. Mississippi State trailed by I think as many as twenty seven in this game. Yeah. And yet with fifty seconds left had found a way to come back and lead by one and end up losing by three points to the number thirteen team in the country, Georgia. Describe, you know, they're down, I think it was 23-7 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Georgia had gone on a 19 to nothing run, something like that. The state was just getting murdered. What sparked the comeback? I don't know if I can really pinpoint it. Not a it, moment in there? Well, D- Doug Novak said that, um, you know, a lot of it was just the defense and, and the way that they were playing the defense. They weren't um, stopping Georgia in transition. He was really disappointed in how the defense came out in the ballgame in the first half. 
which seems a little strange <laughs> considering they scored seven points in the first quarter. But the defense really was not good mm-hmm. in the first half. You know, Georgia was shooting at one point like 61%, and State was shooting like 19. Mm-hmm. So it was Georgia was playing incredibly, incredibly well. Mississippi State was playing god-awful. And when that happens, it's uh, not good. So, you know, Rakia Jackson hits a three-pointer. They go up 7-4 to four with 7.36 left in the first quarter. The next time they scored was 7.34 left in the second quarter. Goodness gracious. 23-7. to seven, uh, Anastasia Hayes hit a, hit a bucket. I think it was 29-9 to nine at that point, 27-9, something like that. It got all the way up to 27 points, and it almost got to 30. And I don't know how many times I've seen a team come back from – that large of a deficit and take a lead. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember what, the – Kentucky? Kentucky in, tw- in, in 2002. Yeah. State was down two. like 21-2. to two Yeah. And came back and won that ball game, sent it, sent it to overtime and won the game. That was a 19-point game. This was 27. Yeah. And they came back and had a chance to win that ball game. Yeah. I, I thought the, the first – Five no the first three minutes of the of the third quarter was was huge. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State came out went on a thirteen nothing run. Defense was sparking that. I think that was really the the difference for Mississippi State was the defensive effort that 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 came out of locker room and they went up eighteen to two and, and closed that twenty point lead down to four. So um I mean it was just this team has shown that ability to just be gutsy and and play their hearts out. And then you'll see them like against Ole Miss most of that game, especially in the first half. They just look lost. I mean, I I don't know how to harness that second half and have Mississippi State playing that way for an entire ball game. But it just seems like the second half is when that that sparked. If this team had one of these players, Jessica Carter, Aliyah Matharu, Madison Hayes, one of those players, how different are they? Um, I think I think they're. The biggest thing they're missing is Jessica Carter. Yeah, I, I don't know they how much more. I don't know Aliyah Matharu. Matharu, this would probably make this team worse just because there would be so many offensive players mm-hmm. that are looked to as the number one or number two option, mm-hmm. and I, I think they need less of that and they need more of somebody like Jessica Carter mm-hmm. or Madison Hayes. Mm-hmm. Madison Hayes would be. In my opinion, Madison Hayes would be a better addition than Mitharu because mm-hmm. she adds a defensive piece, mm-hmm. she adds a rebounding piece, mm-hmm. she has that grit. She was a good teammate too. Yes, you d- you need that grit. You need that Danae Carter type. Yeah, and then uh, you know, so either either Jessica Carter or Madison Hayes, I think, would change this team significantly, especially Jessica Carter because you can put her in the post and she can manufacture points down there she can mm-hmm. post up she can get she can get baskets down low she can finish under the rim you know the, I mean you're talking about somebody that that'd probably be a- averaging 13 14 points maybe nine or ten rebounds a game almost yeah, a double double huge yeah I mean that is a that's a difference right now and probably having 14 wins maybe yeah they got 11 they probably have at least three more wins assuming everybody you know the tra- the transfer portal isn't too harsh on them what's this team look like next year it's impossible. Are they improving? It's impossible to know because you don't know about the portal. I, I don't know what's what's about to happen with this team. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like my if it, my if Taylor it stays together. If it stays together, I mean, you're still probably going to lose. Going to be back next year? Yeah, she's got. She's. Oh my god. Well, that, the the plan Dr. is right now. Maya Taylor at this point. I don't know if she will or not, but she's planning on playing another season. I don't know if it'll be here or not, but um, you know. She's coming back. I feel like Danae Carter will be back, but who knows? I mean, I don't know what these 
at this point in time in sports, I don't know who's going to stay. Yeah. The the worst thing that is that has happened to college football and college sports in general in recent years is this transfer portal thing. That this is this is wrecking college sports. All I feel right like. now, calm down uh, over there, old man. No, okay, no. boomer. No, no, no. I don't think you can make any point to argue against me that's going to that's gonna change I don't think that. it's ruined anything. It's no. ruining it for uh, – I mean, you're going to see. that we've, We're completely having to change the way that we build programs. I agree with that. You can, no longer build, you can no longer get a kid as a freshman and develop him into I, I don't what have, you want. I don't have you have to – everything is, is year by year. Everything's going to have to be that. year by year. You're right, but I don't have an issue. I don't think it's bad that the players have been given the freedom to move. I think it is bad. I see. I disagree with you, hundred percent. Okay. Well, I don't care what you think. So you shut your mouth. <coughs> I think it's bad. I don't think it's good for the game at all. We're creating a culture. We've created a culture that if that, if you don't win a spot, if you don't get what you're told, we you're going to leave. That, that is the culture of the world right now. Yeah. Well, the, it's it's infiltrated into it college has. sports, but because we've given people a chance to leave it if, f- whenever they want to. But we allow coaches to do it. Okay. So why, but that's why that, can't we allow players to do it? Well, I don't know how you stop coaches from doing it. It's a, it's a business for them. Well, I don't understand why, you know, if I'm a... A college student is, is different in some ways. But a college I, student but, who isn't playing basketball can go wherever they want. But I'm saying, like, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a, a scholarship I, that you I, sign to play. There it's are academic a, scholarships. And people, somebody's on full academic scholarship if they want to transfer. There's today. no money in, in, a, in a regular student going to I play. I agree. So then why can't the people who provide money to the university have the freedom to leave if they want to? Well, I, I don't agree that you should be, you should just, you, you can bounce around and leave whenever you want to. As I said many times, I don't care that the, the millionaire coaches have a harder job. I don't like that either, though. I, yeah. I don't like I, I don't like coaches leaving on a whim either. I don't, but what I'm saying is, like, I, if you're telling me it's harder <coughs> on Mike Leach and and and, and Ben Howlin. No, Leach, I don't care about the coaches. Yeah, Mike Leach makes five million dollars a year. Fill out your roster. No, team. no, I don't. I don't care about the coaches. They're mm-hmm. just no. I, I want to see continuity. I want to. I want to be able to get behind. I, I, I get as a fan. Players. I'm not saying that you're saying this as a fan. I'm not saying that, but I understand that. Like, you, a player comes in. Like, we're going to talk about Teddy Knox in a minute. And you're like, I'm excited for this guy. Yeah. And then you redshirt. You're like, okay, he's going to be a big piece. Going forward, and now he's gone. I, hate, I, mean, I don't like the, that. Like, but there, there's no, there, there's <coughs> no, there's not going to be any, hardly any development anymore. It's just going to be the guys who play, and we we need to piece together a roster every single year. Yeah, that's basically what this well, is turned as into. Long as, as long as as long as they play the games, I don't really care. Nah, I I feel I feel different because than in that. college, I, in college for me, I cheer for the helmet. I don't cheer for the name on the back. Well, I and do I've, both. I've, I've said it many times. If we woke up tomorrow and State and Ole Miss switched rosters, I would tell you that Matt Corral's the best player in college football and that Jerry Ely is the best running back in college football because I care about the helmet. And I would tell you Will Rogers is totally overrated and a system quarterback and everything else. You are a, you're such a homer. I, you know what? I am what I am. I don't know how we ventured off into this. but It's my, an interesting discussion. Though. But my point, though, I have no clue because of what college sports has become mm-hmm. here. I have no clue what Mississippi State will look like in women's basketball next year. I don't know who the coach is going to be. I don't know who's going to be on the roster. I don't know what is going to happen whatsoever. But I I do think I've heard some good things about Jessica Carter Mm -hmm. possibly returning. Mm -hmm. That could be a big boost for Mississippi State. What about the transfer from Michigan State? I think she's going to add a good piece. I don't know anything about her. What What position? 
Uh, she plays guard. Guard, so another guard, okay. Yeah, so, but, I mean, they're going to need them. Yeah. They're going to need guards. You know, Anastasia Hayes probably out. You had to guess? I would guess, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure but her age. I'm not sure if she's able to go pro you yet. You don't think or, she would transfer? I, I don't know. You don't know. All right. I, I, I mean, there's it's, just... It's difficult to say. I get that. I can't predict what's going on with, with kids anymore, man. I, I really can't. I just... It's, it's really hard to get to... To really get behind, I get you know, it. I get it. Recruiting and stuff like that. When you know, it, it, recruiting is so interesting now because somebody it's like you get fired up for a four or five star signee, and you don't know you, he may be gone in ten months. And the reason, another reason why I'm just I'm I'm kind of burnt out with all this transfer portal stuff. And um, I, Brandon Marcello had a story today t- talking to a coach. There's you know there's it's it's basically become a free agency deal. Mm-hmm. There's coaches getting in touch with players, tampering behind the scenes. The NCAA has no gumption. They have no control over this. And it's their fault. This is, this is all their fault. The NILs, the, the transfer portal, this all falls at the feet of the NCAA. They have no control over anything, and they need to just disband. I just, it's it's I, time I, to I go. I agree with all that, but at the same time, I'm not going to pretend that beforehand it was all above board. No, 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 not at all, not it, at all. It's just, it's just, it, it wasn't. But it's gotten the open. well. No, it's it's gotten significantly worse. Well, it's uh, gotten significantly worse. I, I, college football to me is like sausage. I don't care how it's made. I just want, I want the final product. I just want to watch the games. I, I don't think the product is as good as you think it is right now. I, I disagree, man. This, this I know, but you're a homer towards college football. Well, that's, that, that's fine. You then, you have a bias towards college football. Don't burst my bubble then. Well, no, I I disagree that it's a great product. I don't think it's a good product. Last, I think we have I think we have two we have two to four teams that are going to be the overarching favorites every single year. I don't like that though. It's always There's, been that way. I, mean, I don't we, like that. We've had a few years where somebody will burst through, but I mean, for most of everybody on this planet's life, Alabama has been the top team in college football. But but why is Oklahoma, that Oklahoma USC? You know? Why do you accept that? Because it just. They, 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 it's it's just like in business, man. They're the ones with the most money and the most power. Yeah, but it's not fun. It's fun for me. I enjoy college football. This past season, great games every weekend. I enjoyed them. There were some bad ones, too. There's always some bad ones, though. Most of them were bad. Nah, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Well, we'll talk a little football here in the second half of the show. Let's move on into that. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. You're looking for a delicious and nutritious meal for your family. Put beef on your table. So many great ways and great different ways to prepare beef. Ground beef, steaks, cubed meat for kebabs and stews, roast, brisket, tri-tip. I mean, there's just no end to the opportunities and and options with beef. And, of course, when you buy beef, you're supporting 15,000 Mississippi beef farmers who do nearly a half billion dollars worth of business for our state. Go to msbeef.org if you're looking for recipes or more information. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. I say it every time. Whenever you're looking for a place to eat in Starkville, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you to go to Two Brothers. I'm going to tell you what to get to. I'm going to tell you to get some smoked wings, get some uh, some pork rind nachos, maybe some pimento cheese fritters, and uh, I don't know, pulled pork grilled cheese sounds pretty good to me, or maybe the brisket po' boy. They got options, and they're all good, and they're all great, and they're all delicious. So next time you're in Starville, make sure you head over to the Cotton District, the Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It doesn't get any easier than what Advantage Business Systems wants to offer you, a system that's this, great products, great service. Those are the, the top two things everybody's looking for. 
when we're looking for a selection of every product your business needs in terms of technology, copiers, printers, uh, computers, software, information and mailing systems. They've got it all. And then when the sale is made, they don't just give you a 1-800 number and a call center overseas. You talk to people here in Mississippi, you're calling a local number, and they're taking care of your products and your problems quickly. So call them today and find out how they can put 47 years of experience to work for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. You want to do draft, you want to do portal first. I'll let you pick. Uh, I don't care. You know, you're not, it's like my wife trying to pick out where we're going to eat here. Here we go. We're going to do the portal then. Let's talk about Teddy Knox. Okay. That's a guy that I had a lot of high hopes for. And I thought even this year he could make a, a, a an impression. I didn't expect um, some of the guys who showed I didn't, you know, Makai Polk, I didn't know that was going to happen. Ra-Ra Thomas would not have predicted him to have the season he had. Would have thought maybe if you told me, if you told me in like August a freshman receiver was going to have these stats and you showed me Ra-Ra Thomas's stats, I would have said that's Teddy Knox. Yeah. Instead, it's not not to be. He's in the transfer portal. Were you surprised to see that name in there? Yeah, absolutely. I had no clue that was coming. Mm-hmm. It felt like that caught everybody by surprise. Yeah, but again, I mean, here, in this day and age, yeah. I, I, I mean, one season. He lasted one season. He's on the way out. Yeah. I mean, the, how are you supposed to recruit and develop high school players with how this current system is set up and how what what's happening? What? Here's with, with players. I mean, I, I look at LSU is going to have more transfers mm-hmm. than they are high school players. And um, the transfer portal now, the way it's set up and, and all this, this this happening, it's taking away tons of opportunities for high school players. I mean, this is – the system is just out of control right now, and I don't know what's going to happen. Here's what gets me with Knox. Let's say, you know, even if he was low man in the rotation, right, seventh or eighth guy, probably going to catch 30 passes, 35 passes. Yeah. There are a lot of places you can go, and the number two receiver isn't going to get 35 catches. So you're walking away from opportunities there. And then this is something, and I, I was talking to Luke Johnson earlier, covers USM for Super Talk, that was the Eagle Hour, and a former college football player as well. And it is one of the things I think we're going to start seeing less of is freshmen hindering the portal because now you're Teddy Knox you've used your free transfer yeah so now you go somewhere what if it doesn't fit for you there what if you're not getting the reps you want there now you don't have another free transfer I think you're gonna see guys starting to wait it out a little bit at least get into their sophomore year before they make this decision because if you don't now you're locked into this place for four years yeah unless you want to go somewhere else and sit out a season or you want to drop down a level so I I I like I said, I don't have an issue with the portal. If Knox wants to go, let him go. But I, I don't. As a wide receiver, you are walking away from like the best situation in college football for a wide receiver, unless you just don't think you can crack the rotation. Yeah, my hope is that this thing will settle in here, and and people will will stop entering at such a rapid rate. I think that's going to be the case. There's so many people out there that are going to be without a, a roster spot. Mm. There's there's more people in the portal than there is spots available in college football right now. Mm. That's not sustainable. You, you something's got to happen to change that. And I I tweeted this out earlier today. I wonder how many people in this class that Tay Knox was in is going to transfer because this is the class that none of them got to visit. Well, not none of them. Most of them did not get to visit schools. Right. 
Um, most of them never saw the coach or the campus in person until they arrived on campus. Um, there was no in-person visits. There were no official visits. There were no unofficial visits. So I, I think you're going to see a record this, group. This, the 21 class. 21, yes. Yeah. I think you're going to see a record group of transfers coming out of that class. I think over the next two or three years, that class right. will be just I think obliterated this, with transfers. I think you're right about that, but then I think after that, it's going to start. There's 3,000 kids in the portal. Yeah, I mean, at some we point find they're going to start figuring it out. Going, look, maybe I need to just give it another. Got to find a way, unless you just have some sort of insurmountable situation. You're, you know, if your coach left, if they changed offenses, or maybe you know, just you never know what's going on with somebody personally. You know, maybe Teddy Knox just he, he didn't fit in at Mississippi State. Yeah, and like you said, he'd never gotten to visit here. He probably didn't ever meet Mike Leach. And, and I want to see where he transfers he got, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, me if too. he goes to LSU, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, but. So looking at I just I just got State and Ole Miss pulled up here just to prove my point. State's uh, eighth leading receiver last year. I think I got it right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, eighth leading receiver was Tulu Griffin, twenty six catches, two hundred sixty nine yards. Ole Miss's second leading receiver was Jerion Ely, thirty two catches, twenty eight yards. Two hundred. I'm sorry, two hundred eighteen yards. That's I was about to say negative yards yeah, receiving. He, he was terrible. Their second leading receiver receiver was Jacour Pearson. 26 catches, 392 yards. So hit their second leading wide receiver had... Their second leading receiver wasn't um, Braylon... Braylon uh, Sanders had 24 catches for 549 yards. I guess he was hurt some. He was hurt. He had a lot of yards. But their second leading receiver was two catches behind State's eighth leading receiver. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of opportunities you're walking, and I'm going to assume. And people will, look, and, and Ole Miss is a, t- a team that passes the ball a lot. But people will, people will argue with you about that. About well, State doesn't have very many explosive plays. But what's the difference in yards per catch? It's not, it's, it's not, not a, it's not substantial. It's not huge. And again, it's Knox, maybe a yard or two. Knox is a guy with speed who can make big plays in space if you give him the ball. So I, yeah, I, I don't think it was a lot a, of opportunities. I don't think it. I have a hard time believing it was a playing time thing because he was about to. Come in this year and compete. I think for so. good playing time. I think so. But uh, you know, state state's got guys. I mean, I, I oh, I'm not worried that, about. I mean, it sucks to lose a guy with that kind of talent because he's got like some you've talent. Got wide receivers. Yeah, states brought states bringing in some speed this year. Yeah. So I mean, it's su- it's just it's just a it just sucks to see a guy that just got here right transfer like, out. A guy like I mean, Quentin Torbor, Kyle Cass. I understand, right? But yeah. but Knox, you would have liked to at least see if he could get on the field and see what he could give you. I just hate that we're going through this thing with society <coughs> at this point, where it's just Man, the no. first thing that pops up. It's it's time to move on. It's time to try. It's you know that's I, the way it is now. I deal. I, I've dealt with parents. Parents are the big problem. Oh, they are. Probably. I don't want to go too far down this road. I'm dealing with. With some parents now, yeah, I know. In, in my DMs, mm-hmm. uh, their kids never, their kids never do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's always somebody else's fault, and there's a reason that things aren't going your way all the time. And maybe it's not just all these different coaches. Maybe it's somebody else. Now you're not wrong. You're not wrong with that. So we'll see what happens uh, with with all that. Also, on the other side of the coin, though, some good news for Mississippi State. It would be potentially great news. Uh, Josh Anderson covers uh, the uh, I'm sorry, Josh Edwards. I'm sorry, covers the uh, NFL draft for CBS Sports. So he works, you know, one of Robbie's coworkers. Technically, he put out a mock draft today. He's an NFL draft guy. 
And sitting there at his number one overall pick is Charles Cross. It's interesting right now. There are these there are these four tackles. I'm sorry, three tackles, right? And depending on whose mock you look at, they're 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 going different places. But it's Charles Cross, it's Ekum Ekwanu from North Carolina State, mm-hmm. and it's Evan Neal from Alabama. So I uh, you know I think the other day the Dane Brugler uh, mock had Okwanu. Is that I'm saying that right? Ekwanu going first to Jacksonville, with Neal going fifth. And Cross going sixth. This one has Cross going first, Iquanu going fifth, and Neil going sixth. So that's sort of where we are with this. Who's going to be the first left tackle, pretty so much? So what I want to know is this. And I think we're going to try to either have Josh on with us tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. We're trying to get Dane Brugler on. The combine coming up. What does Charles Cross need to show at the combine? What does he need to do to put himself number one in this group of three tackles? It's it's like this is the you know, there's no franchise quarterback in this in this there's no obvious choice at quarterback right yeah I mean so you what, you have some of those quarterbacks is, like later in the first round so what you've got is you've got three teams here the Giants the Jets and the Jaguars yeah you know, the Jets and the Jaguars feel like they have their quarterback Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence yes the Giants I don't think they feel like they have their quarterback but they have picks five and seven so maybe they can get their quarterback maybe maybe they trade down and find somebody I don't know that's a tough look to go with two quarterbacks in the draft as your as one of your first picks in the last four years yeah three, four years it's tough but it is what it is you got to have a quarterback you can't win with that yeah. so I don't see anybody in this draft that's going to help them right so and then you have the Panthers trying to figure it out there you know I don't know if Darnold's the guy long term there or, well I, I've seen I've seen cross projected there too yeah, so too. they might be going left tackle as well that's who that, that's who you're looking at and then you have the Jets who I think would like to get, maybe look at a tackle that he has them going with Kayvon Thibodeau does uh, Josh Edwards but well regardless regardless of all that is Aiden Hutchinson in there somewhere he's the second pick okay third pick is Derek Stingley which I just don't get uh, his yeah. freshman year fa- fantastic has done literally nothing since then. Yeah, literally nothing. all hype at this point. But let's. But I, I'm interested to know what does Cross need to do? What does he need to improve on? What does he need to show with the combine? Maybe it's you know bench press. I mean, he's he's a guy who think you would think right off the bat would struggle on bench press. Yeah, he has long such arms. long arms. It's going to be difficult for him. The so bench press might be a big thing because that I mean that could be yeah that could show a little bit of his how how would he, how would he hold up can and he, run blocking? Can he get twenty five reps? Yeah, at two twenty five. Because to me, he can't show any more tape for pass blocking. Right. There's no he's the numbers bear it out. You pass the ball sixty times a game, and he's grading out, you know, high eighties, second highest graded pass blocker in the entire SEC, one of the highest graded pass blockers in the SEC. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that he needs to show right. in, in pass block. He's in a, he's in an offense he, that throws at every play. You can't really show run blocking. No. So, I mean, the, the bench press might be something. I think the numbers are really going to tell the story. Yeah. And I think those are gonna, I think the combine is really going to work in his favor. He's going to run well. His, his agility for, for an offensive lineman is going to be off the charts. His wingspan, his reach, and all and vertical and all that stuff – He's going to be the freaky, one of the freakiest, if not the freakiest, offensive lineman there. So I, I think the I think the combine is only going to up his stock. If he drops below the top ten, I'm going to be shocked. I, I think this is going to be the highest pick that the state's had in a long, long time. I, I, don't, I hadn't even looked at the draft, but <laughs> the highest Johnny Cooks, at least since then, probably. Yes. Well, he was the second overall pick. So yeah, 
So he, if this were to occur, if, if Josh were correct, he would be only the second MSU athlete, athlete ever, to go number one overall in their in their sports draft. Do you know who the number, the number one is? Latoya Thomas. Latoya Thomas is the yep. only one. Will Clark was picked second. Yep. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Tan White went second. Did she go second? I yeah. couldn't remember where she went. So, I knew yeah. Latoya was first. Was first, yeah. So she's the only one. And as far as Mississippians, I'm talking about Mississippians playing uh, – for Mississippians, there have only been two. And that's those two – there's only been one, I'm sorry, and that's Latoya Latoya. Thomas. No other – and now for Eli Manning, obviously, but he is not a native Mississippian. Where, where did he – he went first? He went first. Okay. But he was – To like, the Chargers. Like, right, but then it was traded. Archie yeah. Manning went second. His, after his senior year of, of college, which I learned. I did not know that. Uh, but, yeah, he was the second pick overall that year. So, To your beloved Saints. Yeah. Speaking of the Saints, that draft has Matt Corral going to the Saints. Well, where, who has, where, what's the Steelers pick? I knew you'd ask. Uh, they have him going offensive line. Uh, yeah, that's Trevor where I... Penning, Northern Iowa, 6'7", 321 offensive tackle. Uh, that sounds like a a Pittsburgh pick and then Midwestern a pick I would at seventeen if the Chargers could get Nakobe Dean at seventeen yeah that would be a great that pick. guy should go ten picks higher I would have they, he has Devin Lloyd going to the Broncos at nine I would take Nakobe Dean every time over Devin Lloyd Devin would, Lloyd's a good player I would love Nakobe Dean in the Steelers defense oh just but a, the, fits it fits like a glove but they would they wouldn't they're not going to take a linebacker in the first round I think they need to go offensive line. Yeah, um, I, I'm try, I'm doing everything I can to get somebody like <coughs> Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers for the Steelers next year. They got some cap space. Just do what you can to get one of those guys and forget the quarterback position. We'll see. We'll see. Charles Cross, the number one overall pick. That would be something for Mississippi State. That'd be incredible. That'd be that'd be a heck of a sell for yeah. offensive linemen moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Back with you on Sunday. We'll recap Mississippi State, Ole Miss. And we'll talk a little bit more. Probably have my guess is we'll have some more portal news, just because that's just the way life goes, and uh, maybe some recruiting news. The only we're only a couple weeks away from the the other signing day. Got to figure state might be looking at a couple more high school kids here and there, but plenty more to talk about, and we will be talking about it. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.